Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. We all love robots, at least watching them in our favorite sci-fi movies. Some of us may have one or two of them running around the house, cleaning up the dust on the floor. But right now, for most of us, a full-fledged humanoid is simply just a futuristic dream. Well, not unless Elon Musk has his way. The founder of SpaceX and CEO of Tesla wants to change that. I'm Jason Cipriani with my co-host, Jason Perlow, and we're going to discuss the future of consumer robotics on today's episode of Jason Squared. So, Perlow, robots, what do you think? Like them? Hate them? Have any? So, I love robots, right? At least in the movies. You know, pick a sci-fi movie or TV show, and I can probably rattle off the name of a whole bunch of cool robots, right? Robots that help. Robots that work. Robots that talk and advise. Tell jokes. And of course, robots that kill, right? (laughs) I have my favorites for all of these, but that's the movies, right? Now, short of my shark vacuum cleaner, which is dumb as a rock, right? And and totally harmless, right? In, in, In real life, robots scare the crap out of me. I mean, you, you, have you seen the videos? from these Boston Dynamics demos, who the heck would want one of these things running around the house interacting with your children? Well, I mean, in theory, a robot would probably follow the rules better than any of my kids. So (laughs) I'm I'm not very opposed to it, but the Boston Dynamics videos are pretty insane. And I think most people have seen them. There's the dog with the arm that can unlock a door. I think my favorite video is the little... They're not human-like robots, but they walk on two legs. They yeah. don't look like a human, at least. But no. them learning how to jump across wide gaps. I don't, this video was released, I think, in the last couple of weeks. and But it's all the failures of them tr- right. falling and coming short. And it was just so interesting to watch, but at the same time, scary as hell, because these robots are learning on the fly how to navigate rough terrain. Um, but yeah, so today we're not here to talk about Boston Dynamics. We're here to talk about Elon Musk and Tesla and the robot, humanoid robot that we are that uh, Elon Musk announced. So Perlo, what exactly did Tesla announce? Well, you know, to be perfectly honest, you know, we didn't see a whole lot. Okay, what we saw was Elon get up on stage and talk about features and specifications for a new humanoid robot, the Tesla bot, that his company is going to release supposedly within the next several years, right? I say supposedly in in quote boxes, right? He claims that they will have a prototype ready in a year. It'll weigh approximately 125 pounds, okay? Measure about five foot eight inches tall, so about maybe about as tall as my wife have a screen for a face and be designed to handle tasks that are unsafe, repetitive, or boring, okay? And it'll be able to carry about 45 pounds of goods at a time, deadlift about 150 pounds, and maybe carry about 10 pounds of weight with a single, if if it extends its arm out, it tries to pick up one thing. 
it can carry about 10 pounds of weight. So we're not talking about a super powerful robot, at least not supposed to be something that can physically overpower most human beings. It's going to employ the very same technologies that Tesla's cars use for machine vision and AI and, and autonomous driving type of stuff, right? That's built into those cars, right? Yeah. So this announcement was made at Tesla's right. Right. somewhat annual AI day, which yeah. is, look, they they use it and they're very candid about it this year and using it as a recruiting event where they're trying to get people who are into machine learning and AI and, and now robotics and all the other stuff that it takes to run Tesla with batteries and whatnot. Uh, they want people to apply and work for them. And so part of that AI day this year, usually it's it's announcing stuff for full right. self-driving or self-driving cars. And this year they, <laughs> they paraded out a random person who was in more or less a leotard. <laughs> that was such a that was a weird that was a totally weird thing. That was just this this person walks up like a robot on stage, and um, it was a very very awkward dance routine that was it's done. Like an SNL after that. skit. You know? Yeah, it, it was straight out of SNL, and it, <laughs> I, I, I watched it. I watched the whole announcement again this morning before we uh, started recording, just to right. refresh my memory, and I just. I just cannot get over how awkward that announcement was. But, you know, this is an entirely new product category for a company that's known for batteries, cars, and solar panels. And right. um, I, like I said, the dance that person did, what what the heck was that? You know, um, We do know there are some very basic renderings that look more or less like what the, the, the outfit that the person was wearing. And he did, Musk, did detail some stuff, like the number of actuators. For example, there's... Uh, 12 mm -hmm. actuators in each hand. There's 12 actuators in the legs. There's two in the torso, 12 in the arms, two in the neck. You know, So there's a lot of actuator stuff going on to help it move and hopefully give it some, uh, some delicate you know, maneuvers or whatever. But, um, oh, and there's a screen. Instead of a face, there's a screen that supposedly will display useful information. But outside of the renders... And this dancing actor that was completely, totally awkward, we don't know a ton. Um, at a minimum, we do know that it's not going to be cheap at all. You know, Musk said he plans on it using the same Dojo AI system that Tesla's cars are going to use, use batteries that Tesla use. Um, right. And, you know, th to me, this is not a product that is going to end up in homes. This is mm -hmm. going to be strictly an enterprise product, um, yeah. at least anytime soon. And look, he said they probably will have a prototype in about a year. So if you know, this changes all the time. So if I'm able to decipher Musk's timeline, yeah. we're probably looking at a prototype in five years. <laughs> if we're yeah. just going off of his past, you know, full self-driving will be out by 2020 and we'll have yeah, yeah, yeah. 200,000 Tesla taxis. Like full self-driving is nowhere close to being ready. And, no. you know, it's just, so Musk's timelines are very flexible, we'll say, if not just flat Fluid. out. Fluid, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fluid. So, yeah, I like, we're not going to have these in our homes anytime soon, but I think it's interesting to to have this discussion and see, you know, not only what we think about robots, but what the future possibly could be for robots. Yeah, I mean, robots are coming, right? It's just a question of when, right? And, and where are they gonna use? But okay, let's assume Elon and Tesla pulls this off. Okay, 
let's say he can start volume production in three years. Where ideally would would we want to see these things? Where are they going to show up, right? So, well, robots are already used in certain environments, right? Obviously, in automobile manufacturing, you know, last 20, 30 years, we've had robots in some forms in, in, in automobile plants, right? And also in semiconductor and consumer electronics manufacturing. Like, you know, companies like Foxconn have already been moving robotic assembly lines for things like the iPhone assembly uh, for the last several years. And Amazon has been using a tremendous amount of robotics in their shipping centers to stock and pick and mail out goods to its customers. It's, it's actually, I mean, I've seen some videos of these environments and they're truly, truly amazing what, what these things can do. Um, and yes, we've seen the freaky Boston Dynamics robots, which are also targeted for specific applications such as industrial and military with surveillance and guard duty and things like that. Right. So those applications already exist, but these are highly specialized systems that do not look like anything like people. Right. And they're certainly not meant to be interfaced with around people like you and me. Right. They aren't general purpose. They are programmed to do repetitive things in control loops with a bit of adaptation. All right. Clearly some like that Boston Dynamics are more sophisticated and they're a bit more adaptable to their environments, right? But the kind of robots we've seen around people most recently, at least in experimental or early adopter form, have been motorized serving trays at restaurants and bars or, you know, things that are, you know, patrolling urban areas, you know, these like weebly looking things that, you know, that move around and, you know, parking lots and large repeal environments to assist human security efforts, right? Um, the Tesla is really the first that I've seen that isn't some cute demonstration platform like Asimo, right? Which Conda used to make. Remember Asimo, right? Uh, you know, I don't. it's a uh, it's this robot that they had that was human sized, human shaped, and it was it was no it was nowhere near as sophisticated as like the the Boston Dynamics, but they used them for sure. for demonstrations at various trade shows and things like that. Um, and for Honda's, you know, automobile manufacturing robots business, they use it as a demo. But it, it is supposed to, this is supposed to exist in environments around people, right? Yeah, yeah. So, ju so just the top of my head of what the things, well, we could see something like this doing, right? Um, all right, so we're talking about repetitive tasks and, 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 in, and harmful and dangerous areas, right? Um, you can use these to administer COVID-19 tests and shots at clinics. Now, assuming these hands have enough finesse, right? And dexterity to operate a syringe uh, and a testing kit, and people aren't frightened out of their minds to interact with one, <laughs> even if a human being is behind the wheel someplace teleoperating it, right? I mean, teleoperation is, is a thing that you could definitely see them do, this being I, used I, for. I, yeah, sure. This is what's going to get the people who refuse to get the vaccine right. to finally right. get the vaccine is that some robot. <laughs> yeah. Right. Shoving, oh, up, shoving something I'm, up your nose, right? I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole, <laughs> but there is so much there. And I, yeah, look, yeah. It, it's a brilliant I mean, way. It's a brilliant way to put this robot to work and not expose other people right. to potentially harmful stuff. But, oh, man, I can only imagine sure. what Twitter would look like if this happened. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's address the shortage of workers, not just in the front of the house at restaurants. By the way, did you hear that like Chick-fil-A 
has had to close a whole bunch of stores in like Alabama and other states because they cannot find enough people to work. Now, if a, if a company like Chick-fil-A, which is an expert at logistics and supply chain management and all this stuff, cannot get enough people to, and by the way, they pay their workers well. They're one of the better they chains do. to work for. Whatever yeah. you think about their religion and all their other stuff and all that other stuff, they are one of the most effective um, fast food companies in the world when it comes to that kind of stuff. If they cannot get people to work at their restaurants, there is a problem. Yeah. There's I, the, okay. We went to Cold Stone last night. Uh, we were taking the kids out as a treat to, for ice cream. And we walk up and there are signs on the door saying they had to close early due to a shortage of staff. And this was at five o'clock. They're normally open till 10. And, yeah. uh, you know, please apply for jobs. There are people, people do not want to people do not want to work for less than 15 bucks an hour. Right. But a robot, you don't have to pay a robot in health insurance. You don't have you don't have to give them break, break time, any of that kind of stuff. But so, you know, workers, not just in the front of the house at restaurants, servers, but also in the kitchen itself doing more. I think more simplistic prep and cleanup of dishes and stuff and possibly prepare fast food items. But I feel that even this is a stretch of the capabilities of a general purpose humanoid at this time. Now, I know companies like Starbucks and McDonald's have or are heavily investing in research. In, I mean, millions and millions of dollars in research, hundreds of millions of dollars of research on robotic technologies to prepare these food items. But in this case, you know, these are robots that are more like the kind you see in a factory that are specialized in their design, in kitchens that have been retrofitted for their use or have been designed for the ground up for them in stores of new configurations where people never come in contact with a human um, are much more likely to be appropriate for putting, you know, uh, for that type of purpose than for putting a Tesla robot in a kitchen designed for humans and to perform the work, right? So, yeah, I think we're going to see robots in, in restaurants, just maybe not the Tesla robot, right? right. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I, I also see robots working in law enforcement strictly in a patrol capacity in certain environments. Now, this is where we start to get into kind of a dystopian, scary sci-fi kind of an area, right? I, I think you could see them, if we're talking the Teslas, I could see them in shopping malls, in large sports venues and concert kind of things, where we're talking about something that performs a similar function to a drone, Right. Which, again, is, is is another type of robot that we're starting to see heavily in use, not just in military and law enforcement, but in other civilian applications. Um, but on an on the ground, first person POV of the action. Right. Well, perhaps it'll it'll be able to vocally interact with the people there. Say, hey, you guys are getting too close to each other or go this way to get online. Whatever you have, these things are going to do. Um, of course, I think there will be a desire of certain governments, perhaps not U.S. federal regional governments, to arm these things with either lethal or non-lethal weapons, right? And I think that's where we need to be able to draw the line. So that that's something I think we need to really think about, whether, whether yeah. we want them in that, in that kind of a role, right? Yeah. Mu during the Tesla bot announcement, Musk very clearly said that 
the Tesla bot, its intention is to be peaceful. Um, and actually, they purposely are making it slow and somewhat small. Like its top speed is five miles an hour. And that was by design so that if something was to go wrong, most people, yeah. and he said this in a very joking manner, most people would be able to outrun it or overpower it. But this, look, this is, you know, a huge part of the robot conversation right and basically what you were just saying is you want a robocop and you talked about movies and robots and robots that kill i'm not quite sold if uh a law enforcement type robot is something that we need obviously they use robots to disarm bombs and stuff like that but those right. are controlled they don't have artificial intelligence they don't think for themselves um i can see uh you know man this is a complicated topic because yeah it's repetitive stuff that the Tesla bot is supposed to be intended for. So like factory lines. Um, while you were talking, I thought of when you go to a, a new airport or a shopping mall and you look for those screens that show where you're at and where, where stores are. What about a humanoid robot walking around that gives you know guidance to people and help them find places or you know can get them help with actual mall security if they need it or airport security or whatever it is um and using using artificial intelligence is interactable and having a conversation like you and i are having but outside of that what i really want to see is robots for the home and that are adaptable you know while i was thinking about this this episode I do have a lot of robots already around my house. I have a couple, yeah. uh, not Roombas, but Roomba-like uh, robots that are vacuums. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have another one for my swimming pool yeah. to, to clean to clean the dirt off the floor. And ideally, I would want a robot that could mow my yard so I don't have to do that once a week. And I don't want to have to have five robots to do all these separate tasks. So really, I think... You know, to make this a hit at, at least the consumer level is a adaptable robot that can do more than one task. Right now, we we have s task specific robots now, and I think even at the enterprise level, having adaptable robots is is something that'll push it forward. For example, I don't know if you've ever been in a Walmart and you've seen their their stock robot. Have you seen this thing? Freaked me out the first time mm. I saw it. It is a giant tower with. I don't know how many cameras and very, very bright LED lights. And yeah. what it does, instead of someone, someone going up and down the aisle, scanning outages with their gun and marking them with a, like a blue label or whatever, or a blue dot, which is how it used to be done, this robot slowly scans the aisles mm -hmm. and takes pictures. And where there's outages, it scans the barcode and it reports, you're out of this food, this needs stocked, you know, and then it... It, it adjusts the reorder amount and whatnot. And this thing moves maybe one mile per hour. And if it bumps into something, if I remember correctly, there's an announcement like, sorry, excuse me, something like that. I've seen it a few times in the store. And that's a one-purpose robot as well. But if you had something that was able to not only do that, but say clean the floor or actually bring the stock right. out and put it back on the shelf if it's in the back room. I mean, those are the kind of things that I think would be invaluable to enterprise and, and big companies instead of just these single task devices, which is effectively what they are. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I think about, you know, does it make sense for someone like me? Like, let's assume we had, I had, we had a, something that cost, I don't know, 
$5,000, even $10,000, right? I mean, the things that we're talking about, potentially Tesla coming out, well, we don't know what these things are cost. They could be 30,000, 50,000, 100,000, 200,000. We don't know what these things, I mean, it, it's guys. They're gonna limit, be a right? lot. They're gonna be a lot. You're at, you would, people like you and me are not gonna be able to afford them, okay? But let's assume we could get them down to two levels of affordability. Um, you know, I currently employ a lady that comes to my house once a week. In fact, she's coming today. She cleans the floor. She cleans the bathroom. She folds laundry. She cleans the kitchen surfaces. She reorg—I mean, I leave bottles of crap out on my bar. She, 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 you know, she cleans the coffee machine. All kinds of things that she does. Um, you know, and I pay her, I don't know, like 60, 70 bucks a week or something like that um, to do it. Um, you know, you, theoretically... I might think about buying a robot to do this instead of work, instead of employing a person, um, you know, who I know that, and I know that she, 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 you know, these these people who do repetitive tasks, they 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 hurt themselves, they 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 have repetitive injuries, um, you know, they get they they're working with chemicals and stuff for cleaning that they can get aller allergies to and stuff, you know, it's not it's not a great job for people, right? Um, so I could, I potentially could see doing that. Um, you know, I got I got a dog clipper guy that comes over to the house and he and he and he handles the dogs. Now, listen, maybe I can get someone who's maybe they can program a robot to clip poodles. I don't know. Um, yeah. Maybe they maybe the guy that does my lawn and all the 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 all the other stuff. Maybe they can make a, a robot intelligent enough to do lawn work and and and, um, you know, clip trim the hedges and do all those other things that 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 guy does. Um I, don't, I mean, again, we, we, we need to understand the programmatic limits of what these things can do before we start worrying too much about the ethics of, uh, and, and capabilities of employing these things in different scenarios, right? So, like, I mean, I, I, it, if we're talking about Tesla, right, okay? Yeah. A lot of the systems are going to be very locked down, right? Just like the cars are very locked down, right? So, so modifying them to be able to operate different tools, right? Or, or, or even something like a weapon we were talking about earlier, right? That's designed originally for human beings to carry. Like uh, we're talking about like whether it's, you know, we're not just talking about guns. We're talking about like if we're talking about yard work, you know, there are different tools that like gardeners will use and stuff that are designed for people, right? Um, sure. I, I suspect that, that programming them to be able to use some of these things is going to be restricted in some way, right? And I guess is that they will have some of the ML and AI capabilities of the cars, which, you know, I think they'll be able to, to process information closer to what these cars are currently doing from an, an autonomous standpoint, right? Yeah, Musk um, said that. Musk said they can do that, and they'll actually be able to uh, label objects that they can see, so they'll know the difference between uh, orange and a banana. Right, and so, so we know that the autonomous driving feature on the Tesla cars today has a lot to be desired, right? We haven't gone to full auto, full autonomy doesn't really exist no. on that car today, right? No. So, so, but of course, it, it, and we're talking about the, the local capabilities of that processing system, right? Um, now, of course, if these robots have wireless networking capabilities, 5G, you know, Wi-Fi, they, they, they could have extended processing or intelligence run out of a cloud data center, which would be a lot more power than, than the localized CPU in a Tesla car. So sure. who knows what kind of decision making these things are going to have or if they're just going to be more of a teleoperated device, right, with drone with hands that can walk around. I, I definitely see teleoperation being something that, 
is 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 where you would want to deploy robots in 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 dangerous areas. Like if you have a major infected area, right, with COVID nineteen, you don't want people necessarily walking around in hazmats yeah. and KN ninety fives, right? I mean that 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 makes total sense. Uh, or or a, or a forest fire area, right? You don't want people w- running around in in, in hundred ninety degree temperatures, right? I mean I mean yeah. Or That's even the, a nuclear power plant. Look what happened in right. you know, Japan yeah. a few years ago with the earthquake. Exactly. That, a humanoid robot that could go in and open doors and inspect stuff and all live stream back, whether it's to a display, you know, that someone's sitting in front of or a, a VR headset that, you know, they're using to control it would be invaluable instead of putting, you know, human lives at risk uh, going into areas like that. Even today, there's, you know, a huge section of uh, that area that is still highly radioactive that the humans cannot safely enter without you know protective gear so something like this would be perfect for for that type of environment yeah i mean i guess really what we need to better understand is programmatic environment right because we know that the actuators the robotics part of robots we've seen how sophisticated they can be right we've seen the boston dynamics we've seen other companies robots the walk and jump and, and run and, and do all these things. And we, we, we can see them do sophisticated tasks with, with, with manipulators and hands and, and tools and things like that. The, the, real, the real question to me is, what's the programmatic development environment for this? And how sophisticated are the awarenesses of these things to be able to do stuff by themselves as opposed to being something you drive, Right. You know, um, drivable yeah. robots, things that are teleoperated, teleoperation. Yeah, that's something that could that's totally doable today. The question is, you know, if we start thinking about autonomy and these things being able to make their own decisions on the fly. Right. Uh, not just just control loops. Right. Where, where something is, you know, a, 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 a factory or a, a stock floor in, a, in an Amazon center where, you know, you have these today. These 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 aisles of closely packed goods, right? You know that are all labeled with you know uh, you know barcodes or RFID tags or whatnot. And these robots can race down these 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 narrow hallways that are packed and very tall. The human beings, you know, realistically would not be able to operate in, right? Sure. They run they run down these these you no know, they're on these rails, right? So they can fly up and down these aisles, going up and down these these um these stocking uh you know uh, pallets. Pa- yeah, and pull stuff off of pallets and shells really fast and then you know drive, bring them down to the shipping area where they can package them and ship them out bam uh, with very little human intervention into this process, right? I mean, you need engineers on site to help fix them and whatnot. But for the most part, you know, these are the type of, of locations that can be, you know, 80 or 95% robotic, right? Um, th- those we, we can see, you know, and those, but those have very d- defined uh, parameters for how these things operate, right? And when you start getting into more environments that are, that people have been in, that you know, we have to make on the cuff decisions about things. You know, if you're in a supermarket or something, and you're and you are, you need to stock up. I don't know potatoes or, or in the vegetable section. You're working with with fine manip- motor skills or, or whatever. Those are things that you know. I I think we haven't been able to really see that yet. You know, no, not at all. So I guess why don't we close out on this? Yeah. Ten years from now, Tesla bot exists. Price is down, somewhat consumer level ish. And it is a completely AI, ML designed humanoid robot for the home. Wow. Okay. Are you are you buying one? And if so, how much are you willing to pay? I don't know if I'm going to be the first customer. 
I think I eventually will want one as I get older. And, 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 you know, I think for the elderly, something like this could be fantastic. Um, I, I would say between, uh, 10 and $20,000, uh, depending on, on the, 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 you know, the lifetime, I would expect that the lifetimes of things would be at least as much as a car, if not more. Uh, you know, I don't expect these things to be completely outdated after five years. I would hope that, that some of the capabilities are modular or more of the intelligence is based in the cloud than localized so that, you know, they, they have some, a longer lifetime to, to, to do these yeah. more sophisticated you tasks. You have to than, do a processor upgrade on your Tesla bot. It's all done in the cloud. You, you right. never know about it. Hopefully. Okay. Yeah. So I think, I think my price limit would probably be, let's say it can do all the stuff I mentioned earlier, clean the pool, vacuum, uh, mow the yard, but also like shovel snow or let the dogs in and out when they're scratching at the door. Like all the random annoying things that are just part of everyday living. You know, if, if it's able to do this, detect it and do it on its own, 10 to 15,000. And I would happily be the first customer. Really? It, it, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, bugs and all, you know, <laughs> you know, there's going to be some pretty fun beta testing once these things, uh, if these things ever get to a point where they're ready to roll out into a, a house. <laughs> but I, I think it would be a lot of fun to have around and, and, you know, experience if for nothing else, it'd be great content to write about. I don't know. You see, it's, there's going to be definitely some adapt, adapt, adaptability of living with one of these things. Cause like, you know, as it is, you know, when things go bump in the night, you know, I, I get okay. a little freaked out as it is. You know, some squirrel yeah. or something, you know, knocks out something, and then, and then suddenly my, the lights go on outside. Or, but it's the idea that that this thing could be walking around and working and doing stuff at at, at hours where people aren't around necessarily is a bit <laughs> freaky, right? Like at four o'clock yeah. in the morning. Look, at, at, at two o'clock in the morning, Rachel has the the the, the shark programmed to leave its 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 docking unit and clean up the bar and the kitchen. I sometimes hear it, you know, at two, three o'clock in the morning going around because I have the bedroom door, you know, shut and it, it it's confined to that area with those strips that keep it from from leaving sure. that that right. So I get freaked out when I hear that. And sometimes the dogs will wake up late at night and start barking at it. Um, so but the idea of, of of a fully humanoid robot that could walk around at two, three o'clock in the morning I don't know. I don't, that would, you know, I I wouldn't want to come into my bedroom suddenly checking up on us or I don't know. I I, I yeah. I, there, you know I mean, saying? there's a lot. There's a lot of that stuff yeah. to work out. Thankfully, we have a very long time to work that kind of stuff out. And right. uh, people like me are willing to beta test that. Then, hey, you know, I think it'll come a little bit quicker than that way. Um, I like I said, I'm all for it. I'm all for a humanoid in the house as long as it uh, has some. AI ethics, I guess we'll, we'll say, <laughs> programmed into it. Uh, that was a fun episode, Jason. Thanks for talking to me about this one. I I, uh, I look forward to our dystopian future, no matter how it shapes up to be. Same here, Jason. Same here. <laughs> I, I'm Jason Cipriani. And I'm Jason Perlow. And this is Jason Squared. Make sure to check out more of our work at ZDNet.com. <laughs>